Greetings. It is a great pleasure to connect with you as a community today through this medium. Uh, we trust as you join us for the conversation today that you will be blessed. We um, have special guests with us today, three members of our board who um, are key leaders in Latin America, and they will be sharing with us today some of the um, both challenges and opportunities that they have experienced in recent months as we've uh, moved through this worldwide pandemic. Um, I think you're going to find the, the stories they share, the messages they have for us to be words of encouragement, um, also words that can speak into our lives of ways that we can pray for um, the ministries throughout Latin America, what God is doing, and the unique challenges that are being faced. Um, so before we continue, I want to um, introduce the, the two guests who will be a part of the first part of the conversation as we are here connected, kind of having a panel conversation. Um, we have Bishop Dr. João Carlos Lopes, um, who serves as Bishop of the Bra Brazilian Methodist Church. Um, he holds a Master of Divinity and a Doctor of Missiology from Asbury Seminary, um, has been a long-standing member of the Board of Trustees, uh, where he has offered his wisdom and insight as a member of that board for a number of years. I believe he serves on the formation team for us currently. Um, he also um, serves in uh, seminaries around the world where God takes him to teach and connect and uh, help them continue the ministry that God has called them to. Um, Bishop Lopes, uh, welcome. It's good to have you here today. Would you like to share a word of greeting? Yes. Well, greetings to everyone, especially to you, Dr. Gober who is hosting us, Dr. Gomes, what a pleasure to see you again, and Dr. Palomo, Bishop Palomo, uh, he has been my friend, Bishop Palomo has been my friend since seminary. So it's a great pleasure to be uh, together with you, sharing uh, in this chapel. Thank you for inviting me, and uh, uh, let us do it. <laughs> And then I'd also like to welcome Reverend Dr. Ricardo Gomez. Um, um, he and his wife, Beth, are full-time missionaries with the Free Methodist Church, um, where they are serving, currently living in Medellin, Colombia, but serving throughout Latin America. Um, they actually, uh, for the Free Methodist Church, um, preside over, uh, I believe it's 16 different churches or countries, please correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Gomez, but over 16 countries where he is helping provide leadership to the Free Methodist Church. He also teaches as an adjunct professor at times for Asbury Seminary, as well as um, has taught at the um, uh, Seminario Biblico, the Bible Seminary in Medellin, Colombia. Um, it is a privilege to have you here with us today. Um, and we look forward to hearing more from you. Uh, please, uh, we'd love to have you greet us as well, Dr. Gomez. Thank you, Dr. Gover. What a privilege to be with you. Greetings from Medellin, Colombia. Uh, greetings to or my dear friend, Bishop Carlos, and also Bishop Palomo. What a blessing to share what God is doing in Latin America. We are very amazed by God's faithfulness and gracefulness during this pandemic time but also very uh, grateful for the Asbury Seminary involved in our lives and now the opportunity that we have as member of the board to 
to return the favor and serve the, uh, the seminary, uh, a seminary we love, a seminary that is making the difference in the world. So what a privilege to be with you today and, and this morning. Thank you, Dr. Gomez. As mentioned earlier, Bishop Dr. Luis Fernando Palomo is also um, going to share with us during this chapel today. And um, he and I connected earlier for a conversation. He is a longstanding bishop of the Methodist Church of Costa Rica. He has served extensively on our board of trustees and is currently a board of trustee emeritus. And uh, we are privileged to have him join us in the conversation briefly today to share one of the stories of how God is taking the crisis of this worldwide pandemic and turning it into a new opportunity in the life of the church in Costa Rica. Um, for this segment, please be sure you have your uh, closed caption turned on. That will provide subtitles in English so that you can follow on as he shares with us in Spanish. Continuando con la experiencia en la tecnología, usando Zoom y el Facebook, etcétera, hemos podido ver realmente esa apertura. Yo creo que aquí en el país, en términos generales, sin contar las inconveniencias de otros lugares donde no es fácil tener eh, las conexiones debidas, nosotros hemos podido lograr ese buen contacto, por ejemplo, el jueves próximo, en horas de la mañana, vamos a tener un tiempo de ayuno, con oración, lo vamos a hacer en una conferencia, aquí en el área del sur, y a la vez, pues vamos a tener un poquito de la palabra de Dios, que siempre tiene que estar la palabra de Dios moviéndose, y a la vez, eh, orando, y se van a unir como unas 15 iglesias locales donde a través de la tecnología pues vamos a hacer esa, ese enlace especial para poder eh, no, ya no solo comunicarnos que tanta falta nos hace esa dinámica de lo social, el contacto, etcétera y eh, unirnos, esto va a producir una unidad interesante el, el seminario también lo estamos dando en línea vamos a fortalecer eh, eh, casi que inmediatamente toda una dinámica de lo que es uh, el trabajo en línea para fortalecer eh, el liderazgo y los, por supuesto, el estudiantado que está eh, ligado con el seminario. Thank you, Bishop Palomo. And before we finish up our segment here today, I would like to ask you if you would be willing to pray for us. Antes de orar, solamente poder comunicar algo que hemos estado haciendo de manera directa y es enfatizando de la importancia de cómo fortalecer y consolidar la doctrina de la iglesia en la iglesia. Esto es muy importante, sobre todo que todavía no tenemos noticias del qué va a suceder a pesar de que sabemos lo que está sucediendo, pero qué va a suceder, no lo sabemos, pero la importancia de consolidar la doctrina en la vida de la iglesia y que nuestros hermanos podamos seguir con esa disposición de comunicar el evangelio, de llevar las buenas nuevas, de poder transmitir amor, de poder transmitir esa solidaridad con el prójimo, 
sirviendo en todas las puertas que el Señor nos abre. Padre nuestro, bendecimos tu nombre en esta hora y damos gracias por nuestro Señor Jesucristo y por la presencia de tu Espíritu Santo en cada uno de nosotros. Con todo el amor tuyo que está sobre nuestras vidas, nosotros oramos creyendo firmemente en la misericordia tuya y con todo el respeto que esta situación merece, Padre, nosotros nos inclinamos para que esa misericordia tuya, ese amor tuyo, se mueva a través de los diferentes continentes alrededor del mundo, entendiendo que hay urgencia de sanidad en medio de los pueblos. Nosotros clamamos por sanidad en medio de las naciones. Gracias por el ministerio de cada uno de nosotros, del ministerio de Asbury y del ministerio de la iglesia en los diferentes lugares donde tú nos envías. En acción de gracias oramos en el nombre de Jesús. Amén. 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 Muchas gracias. Amén. Thank you, Bishop Palomo. God bless. Well, thank you very much, too. Thank you, Bishop Palomo, for your participation with us today and for um, your prayer. Now, um, I'd like to continue our conversation with Bishop Lopes and Dr. Gomez. And uh, I would like each of you to share a little bit more about what is happening in the context of the life of your churches in Brazil and in Latin America. Uh, Dr. Gober, um, as coronavirus rages through Brazil, it has been hitting the vulnerable population very hard, especially those in poverty, the people who live in the slums. My wife is a pastor in the slums, and, and she is a witness to that. These people have little or no access to health care, and they don't have the option that we have to work from home. Now, the virus, as we know, does not know the difference between social class, but uh, access to health care does know that difference. Mm -hmm. So to date, we have about 80,000 deaths in Brazil due to coronavirus. Uh, one of the problems is that the families who lose their loved ones suffer tremendously. I think it's about the same in, a, in the various countries of Latin America, but in Brazilian culture, in the Brazilian culture, once a person dies, he or she must be buried within 24 hours. And the time required by the COVID-19 protocol does not allow for the families to mourn their loved ones. So this is emotionally painful beyond description. Dr. Gomez, could you share about what you're experiencing in Colombia and the countries you represent as well, um, recognizing the tremendous impact that this is having in Brazil um, and the very personal stories that Bishop Lopes was able to share. Um, please share with us more about what's happening in Colombia and beyond. 
Yes, uh, thank you for the question. Uh, the situation is very complex. Uh, I'm overseeing as an area director for the Primetode Church in 16 countries in Latin America. And just in general statistics, over 3.6 million people in Latin America have been effect, infected by this disease. And in, in the area, we had 160,000 people have died so far. Um, every government has regulations and always have been changing. And that's an issue that we are dealing at this time in, in Colombia, for instance. We had a, a very strict um, quarantine man, a mandate during the, this weekend uh, in the city of Medellin, where I am. And that means uh, the situation uh, has very affected the economy of many of, many of, the, of the countries where we are. Um, a little inconsistency about regulation is something that we are facing in the area. For instance, in Nicaragua uh, has done too little in, in closing the borders and, and, and preventing and helping with the people to, to follow the regulation. And they had opened completely to people to do whatever they want. And now that's one of the places where there have been more death. In, 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 in Central America. And that means everybody suffers. The borders uh, with Costa Rica, the borders around the Nicaragua are suffering with a pandemic and a lot of people are, uh, are very sick because of this question and many deaths. But that is because of the inconsistency of the governments. Some are very strict in the case of Colombia and other places. Some have been very flexible, very open, and that is causing a lot of uh, problems. Um, another problem with the, the pandemic is um, the, uh, unemployment is a, another issue. Many of the pastors uh, in, our, in our continent live from the offerings and tithes and the lack of tithes and offerings because of the lack of meetings uh, in the places have caused uh, their economy a struggle and many of our pastors are meeting and, and ministering to lower class and middle class congregations where depends of the informal economy. And that uh, these people who depends on the daily income has, uh, for survival are, uh, are struggling because they don't have a way to survive. So there is many people who are not only dying for the disease, but also are having problems with malnutrition and problems with that. So many of the pastor congregation are hungry, literally hungry. So that's something that we are finding ways to how to address to, to these issues uh, throughout Latin America. But the, the situation is very difficult right now. Many of our um, health systems are collapsing in many of our countries. So that means uh, that is what worries more to the medical uh, care and also for many of the, of the presidents and the governments trying to find ways to, to deal with the amount of people who are getting sick at the same time. So that's the, the main situation that we are facing right now in Latin America. Thank you, Dr. Gomez. Um, certainly, you shared not only some of the impact on the country, but even specific ways the church is being impacted. Um, Bishop Lopes, could you add some ways in which the church is specifically being impacted by the coronavirus throughout Brazil? Yes. Um, as you know, uh, we, ca we cannot have services, right? <laughs> uh, uh, the churches are closed. The, 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 
the sanctuaries are closed. The church is 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 alive, in but the 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 sanctuaries are closed. So the first the first uh, situation that uh, impacted us was was the necessity of learning how to shepherd the flock. Uh, we're not we were not used to that, so we had the challenge to to shepherd the flock while keeping social distance. But it was amazing how quickly almost 100% of our pastors were able to move online using one or more internet platform, praise the Lord for the internet. Uh, So we were using Zoom, which was very new to us, Facebook, WhatsApp to broadcast services and maintain contact with the people. Even Holy Communion, since the beginning, Holy Communion was ministered online since March. Uh, I know all the discussion that was taking place in the U.S. about uh, the, uh, if it was theologically sound to, to uh, minister the Holy Communion uh, uh, online. But since March, we were already doing this. So... Um, the church is learning to to be in fellowship at distance. Sanctuaries sanctuaries are important, but fellowship do not depend on sanctuaries. Uh, this is something that uh, has impacted us, but we're learning a lot from it. Thank you, Bishop Lopes. Um, and Bishop Lopes, you actually began to share a, a little bit about the way the church is responding. Um, and uh, I'll come back to you in just a moment. Would love to hear, hear maybe a very specific story of how you are seeing God work there in the church in Brazil. But while you're thinking about the story, you may want to share um, Dr. Gomez, would you share a little bit more about how the church in particular um, has been challenged? You already shared about some of the challenges for pastors and uh, you know, with not gathering, the lack of ties, and often creating financial hardship. But what are some of the other challenges the churches are facing? But then how are they responding to those challenges? Yeah, I, I mean, many of the pastors, as uh, Bishop Lopez has said, we are learning, they, they had learning to do ministry online. That, that was something new for us. Many of the pastors didn't know, didn't have the multimedia expertise that many of our leaders have in the States. So we, we had to reinvent in the wheel in, in many ways and reinventing ways to communicate, to use some social media as a way to communicate with them. But at this point, almost four months or a little more than four months into the pandemic and doing ministry in that way, we, many of the, our pastors feel tired, emotionally uh, and physically tired to ministry in this way. And, and because also many of them, of them are caring for the physical hunger of the people. And I, I will explain, uh, answer that question, how we particularly are doing. But just to the challenge have been for many of them is to reinvent them to be a church in a different way. That has been wonderful because as Bishop Lopez has said, the church is bigger than the buildings. 
is bigger than than um, um, having a meeting on the week, uh, once a week, and we are moving into ministry to the people's homes and ministering every day of the week as an opportunity to share the gospel. So it's a new way to do ministry, but again, these are affecting the wealth and, and social, emotional well-being of many of our pastors. So now we are dealing and, and helping them to find uh, the right rhythms and, and resting and find ways to minister to the people and encourage them to, because it's very difficult to see results. It's very difficult to see how many of the church, how, what is the, the outcome of the of that ministry they are doing. So, so for many of them, that's discouraged, very discouraged from them. So we are helping them to keep going, pressing on, and, and, and later I will let you know how we are responding to those particular needs. Thank you, Dr. Gomez. Um, while I circle back now with, uh, Dr. with Bishop Lopes, I, I'm going to give you a moment to think of a very specific story you would share with us in a moment that maybe is a prime example of how God is at work in the midst of this. But uh, for now, Bishop Lopes, would you share with us um, one of those particular stories uh, or instances where you clearly saw the hand of God in the midst of the challenges that the church is facing right now? Well, Dr. Gober, uh, I would say that I, have, I see the hand of God in the church uh, by the fact that uh, we don't have any pastor so far that has been hit by the coronavirus. Uh, and we were very scared. Actually, I, when, when I, I first learned about the, 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 the need of quarantine, I thought to myself, I would not like to be a leader right now. I wish I was not a leader right now because it's gonna be very hard to lead these people. And God personally spoke to me, to my heart. He doesn't speak to my ear, he speaks to my heart. And, and, and he said, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be thankful to have the opportunity to lead during this time and see how I work during this time. So from then on, I never complained anymore. And I'm leading my, my pastors. It's 190 pastors in my conference, uh, uh, helping them to overcome fear. Uh, being careful, being very careful, because we need to set an example. Uh, uh, but to overcome fear uh, of something that we have never experienced before. Uh, we need to, as I said, we need to learn to be careful, but also to be hopeful and trust that God is in control. Learning to be expectant of what God will do in us and through us more than what he's going to do for the church. Uh, because we usually want to know what God's going to do for us. But we have to, as church, we need to get out of that setting, uh, that mood. Uh, what are you going to do for us? And think more about what you're going to do in us and through us. Because in Brazil, uh, the, the, the theme of the church is 
a community serving the people in the name of Jesus. We are being called to serve. So we have to get away of that fearful mood to see what can do in us and through us. Bishop Lopes, thank you for, for sharing from your personal experience and the way that God has actually challenged you personally and then through that, the way he can challenge each and every one of us because certainly those words to call us not to fear but to embrace the hope, to embrace the call that God has placed upon each of us in our station and season of life is a wonderful word. Thank you. Um, Dr. Gomez, if you would share a particular story from your context that um, has been evidence of God's work um, in your life and the life of your people, the people you lead. Well, God is good. And we have seen the faithfulness all the time. And, and we have seen that in every place. There is tons of stories where we have seen God's faithfulness. One of those, like uh, Bishop Lopez has said, we, we don't have any our pastors so far, they have been um, affected by the sickness, but we do have people who have died, uh, relatives of pastors and, and brothers or and members of the family who have died. So in that sense, it's, it's a difficult... Well, actually, I was thinking in Nicaragua, we have some cases of pastors and, and another place in Chile, they, we have a pastor who had with the disease, but miraculously, God healed them. So that's testimonies of God's faithfulness. Um, but something that we had noticed and good testimonies is, is we were in some ways, but God's grace preparing us to respond to a pandemic like this for our ministry that we have been doing in the past. We are doing community church planting and that is in focus in people's homes and in small groups and it's something that we have been working for a few years already into a system that we, is kind of the model for us to, to multiplication of, of leaders, group, and, and churches. And for instance, Pastor Castro Rojas, he is the, the superintendent in our church in Venezuela. The government, as a mandate, told them that they need only to meet in small groups, no more, no bigger than 10 people. And he said, well, the government is asking us to do what we have been prepared for many years to do. And so what is happening in Venezuela is in the last uh, four months, we had a multiplication of new leaders. So what, places where we had about uh, 200 churches, small community churches, now we have 400 churches. So that means we have seen a multiplication of leaders, an increase number of groups, increase point to entry, increase opportunity to share the gospel. So that is something that we have seen as a blessing in, in the multiplication and more people because of, of the need they are responding to that. I, I don't know if you want to, I continue, I have some, another example of how we are responding to the needs of the people, but maybe uh, Bishop um, uh, Lopez want to continue and later I can go back to, to some points I have uh, highlighted. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Gomez. Um, what an encouraging story. And to hear from both of you the ways in which, even though this pandemic is very painful, a uh, very difficult situation we are facing, yet we are seeing 
the work of God in amazing ways. So um, I will give you each at least one more moment if there's another story you want to share or a word of encouragement you want to speak. Uh, I think we have time for both of you to share at least one more thing before we have um, um, concluding time of prayer together uh, for our community. So um, Bishop Lopes. Yes, uh, Dr. Gober and Dr. Gomes, Bishop Palomo, uh, I always think that the church exists for mission, right? We exist for mission. And uh, pandemics cannot, cannot be greater than our mission. And, uh, and in that sense, I think uh, God is making us review our priorities. Uh, you know that uh, in Latin America, we have uh, CMO, uh, which is the uh, uh, Council of the Methodist, Evangelical Methodist Church of Latin America and the Caribbeans. And we have a meeting every August, a training, uh, training missionaries, training leaders to be missionaries. And usually I was able to send eight to 10 young people to those meetings. Uh, but there has been a revival in a desire to get involved in, in mission by the young people and the, young, the, the, the teenagers and the young adults. Uh, they are rethinking their, their priorities. And this, for this August, it's going to be online. The same price, spending the same money, but I have more than 50 teenagers and young adults applied for this training. So uh, another way I see uh, people reviewing their prior priorities is in the sense of giving, giving. People are more willing to give, not off, out of what is overflowing, but out of their needs, or out of something that they may need later. Uh, uh, believing that God will provide. But the, the most interesting thing, it's a personal, it's a personal example also, that uh, uh, the pandemic is forcing us to break geographic barriers through the internet. Uh, uh, there is a, uh, I was able to share Jesus with a girl from, from Florida a few, a few uh, two months ago. Uh, she was not a Jesus follower. And, and, and when, uh, during the quarantine, she became very scared and depressed. Her mother, whom I have met, I had met uh, a few months, a few years before, called me and asked me if I could talk to the girl. She's 18. And she, her mother asked me if I could talk to her. And, and then I, I spoke to her twice over the Skype. And this girl who did not, was not a Jesus follower, she confessed Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And uh, she is now experiencing peace, even though the circumstances continue to be the same. So I never thought about sharing Jesus with a girl from Florida, but the, the pandemic, uh, made me, gave me that opportunity. And this girl is, is believing Jesus. 
She said, he's my Lord, he's my savior, he's my Lord. I have peace in my heart right now. So uh, 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 in the middle of this terrible crisis, Jesus is still the Lord. So, so I'm so glad to, to, to share that story. Amen, thank you. And uh, Dr. Gomez, is there one last story you wanted to share with us briefly? Yes. Well, uh, how we are responding to the churches, uh, to, to the, how we are responding to the needs. We have, we have found different things and many things are close to the Wesleyan tradition. About a year ago, we started, almost two years ago, we started what we call pastoral care groups or class meetings via Zoom. That is something that we are doing all our 16 countries, every national leaders and every superintendent district mission leaders are part of a, a class meeting where we care for each other. And this system we have been even introducing, as I said before, the pandemic hits. And these are sustaining us, provide a good care, provide a time to prayer, a time to uh, care for each other. And that have been so good for us to ministry and, and, and care for each other. Another thing is we had a, a, a common language and in Spanish and especially, specifically in the countries where I supervise. And in Holy Week, we had be able to have a Holy Week service and was a blessing to have 16 countries represented, different people uh, sharing the gospel, joined together in a worship to the Lord. So for first time we were united in a vision, in a, in a worship together. So it was a blessing. We, we share resources. Pastors are sharing resources, pulpits from one place to another, something that never happened before. Now we are doing via soon. And also many or pastor care, uh, pastor formation. We have developed a whole pastor formation materials and many of those uh, uh, classes are now are online. So we had about 50 leaders from different countries participating in that. So how we are putting our faith into action, and that is something tangible in many countries. Uh, we are feeding literally the hungry. In Argentina, they, we had a church in Carmen de Areco. They, since the pandemic started, they start feeding 250 people every day. People who are, were accepted now are professing faith in the Lord because they are being fed physically, but also emotionally. And that is also happening in Uruguay, in Durazno. We, we had one of our leaders in Uruguay, the, the church are feeding 100 people every day. And now they are starting new, 10 new houses of, church, uh, of peace, what we call a new church planting, thanks to the effort of those leaders. And one final example of what the church is doing is happening in Costa, in Costa Rica, in Esterillos in the coast of, of Costa Rica. It's a church they administer among the surfing community, and they start what we call Pollito Project. It's a ch little chick project, and they have uh, uh, given away 6,000 uh, little uh, uh, chicks, and they have ministered to 950 families with sustainable food resources that not only is providing resources to the people to eat, but also is a therapeutic way because in the process of doing nothing, the process of being condensed because of the quarantine, forced quarantine, the people have something to get up every morning, take care of the, chick, the, the, the chickens, and as they grow, 
they, they, they have food in their tables. So this is a way how the churches and our leaders are responding to the physical needs of the people. And God has been so grateful to us. What opportunity we have to ministry, not only to the physical needs, but also to the spiritual needs, because one goes with another. So God is good to minister, to help us to minister in a holistic way, in a Wesleyan way to minister to the gospel, to the whole people, and minister to the whole person. So God is good and go very well with our Wesleyan tradition and what we learned from Asbury. And now we have seen that in this dark time with the churches shining and being a blessing in the midst of suffering. So God is good. So thank you. Thanks to the Lord for doing that. Thank you, Dr. Gomez. Thank you, Bishop Lopes. It really has been a privilege to have this conversation with both of you today and have you share with the Asbury community uh, both about some of the circumstances and challenges you're each facing in the countries where you serve, but also the unique ways that we are seeing God at work. Um, later, we'll be adding a conversation to our uh, conversation here. Uh, Bishop Palomo from Costa Rica met with me separately, so we'll look forward to joining him into this uh, conversation to be shared with the community as well. But um, as we wrap up our time here together um, in this portion of our chat, Bishop Lopes, would you be willing to pray for us in Portuguese? Um, and then Dr. Gomez, if, if you would pray a brief prayer as well, um, feel free to pray in, in Spanish uh, or if you prefer English. Um, or if we want to, the uh, bilingual heavenly language, as you, if you mix languages. But uh, Bishop Lopes, if you would start us off, and then Dr. Gomez, when he finishes praying, if you would just pray as well, we'd appreciate that. Yes, I'll pray in Portuguese. Thank you. Pai, nós te louvamos por esse dia. Te louvamos por esse tempo de compartilhamento. Te louvamos porque, como ouvimos o Dr. Gomes dizer, o Senhor é bom. E nós dizemos a sua misericórdia dura para sempre e de geração em geração a tua fidelidade. Nós oramos, ó Pai, nesse tempo de crise gerado pelo coronavírus, pela Covid-19, que a Tua mão seja sobre o Teu povo e que nos impeça de querer voltar logo para uma zona de conforto. Pelo contrário, nos colocarmos à Tua disposição para ser bênção no meio de um mundo que sofre. Toma a igreja nas Tuas mãos, dirige os nossos passos e abençoa o povo através da Tua igreja. Nós oramos assim em nome de Jesus. Amém. I will pray in Spanish as well. Senhor, graças por tu amor e tu fidelidade. Padre, graças porque em momentos difíceis tu has sido bueno. Tu eres fiel e grande es tu misericórdia e tu bondade cada dia. Padre, graças porque tu eres bueno em ajudar-nos em ministrar a tu igreja como lo estás haciendo. Senhor, graças por la tradição nuestra como iglesia metodista libre, como iglesia huerrellana, como iglesia metodista. Padre, gracias por la tradición y por el regalo de haber estudiado en Asbury. Señor, gracias por esta institución que tanto amamos. Y gracias por el legado de Wesley. Gracias por el legado de Jesucristo en nuestras vidas. Gracias por la persona del Espíritu Santo que está con nosotros y nos ha guiado. Y gracias, Señor, por tu fidelidad en cada una de nuestras iglesias. 
y en cada uno de nuestro continente. Bendecimos, Señor, cada iglesia, bendecimos, Señor, cada líder, bendecimos cada esfuerzo que tú nos llamas para hacer luz y bendición a aquellos que lo necesitan. Padre, al final del día queremos que tu nombre sea glorificado, que tu nombre sea exaltado, porque tú eres el único digno de recibir la gloria y la honra por lo que has hecho, por lo que estás haciendo y por lo que harás. Te alabamos, Señor, y te damos gracias en el nombre precioso de tu amado Hijo Jesucristo. Amén. 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 Once again, Bishop Lopes, Dr. Gomez, thank you so much for connecting with us today for this conversation. Um, we are so grateful to have both of you and Bishop Palomo uh, representing Asbury Seminary throughout Latin America. And uh, please know that as a community, we continue to pray for you, to pray for the church, the people, the ministries in Latin America. And we greatly appreciate your prayers for us here at Asbury and our students who serve and alumni who serve throughout the world. Um, truly, God has called us for a time such as this to be his people. So may we be faithful, may we pray for one another, and may we fulfill the call that he places upon our lives. Again, thank you. God bless you. Uh, we look forward to connecting with you again in the near future.